0: Today's podcast is brought to you by the new HBO series... Any Given Wednesday with Bill Simmons. The new show will feature intimate conversations with compelling guests from the worlds of pop culture, sports, entertainment, the arts, and technology. Any Given Wednesday with Bill Simmons will also include field segments and Simmons' signature commentary on current events. Make sure to watch Any Given Wednesday with Bill Simmons, premiering Wednesday, June 22nd, that's next Wednesday, at 10pm on HBO. And we'd also like to say that we're brought to you by our new website, TheRinger.com, which is presented by Miller Lite. We have tons of stuff about the Euros up there. From Ryan O'Hanlon, Micah Peters, myself, I'm Chris Ryan. Go now and check out the latest in pop culture, sports, and tech at TheRinger.com. And finally, I wanted to mention SeatGeek. Uh, SeatGeek is our presenting sponsor and the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling sports and music tickets. Other sites... They've gone back to the same old tactic of showing you a lower price and then charging you huge fees at checkout. But at SeatGeek, the price you see is always the price you pay. With SeatGeek, there's no guesswork. You'll know exactly how much you're paying, where you're sitting, and whether or not you're getting a good deal, all right from your phone. So drop your old site and experience buying and selling tickets the way it should be. To start using SeatGeek, download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Hello and welcome to the Ringer.com channel 33 Euros pod. My name is Chris Ryan and I'm an editor at the Ringer.com and I am joined by two of the Ringer soccer writers. Micah Peters. What's going down? What's up man? It's Micah's first week. Everybody say hi to him and I'm also here
1: with Ryan O'Hanlon. I'm glad we have Micah uh, instead of Kevin this week. (laughs) (laughs) Great take to start off with. Uh, The
0: first week of the Euro 2016 is in the books. Uh, It's been a little bit subdued or at least overshadowed by a lot of the violence and rioting that have been happening in Marseille and in Lille, um, involving fans from England, Russia, uh, some reported from France. Um, There's lots of great stuff out there for you guys to read about that. Claire McNear put up a really concise clear kind of take on what's been going on in the streets of France on the ringer.com yesterday you can also check out I would highly recommend the guardian has been doing incredible work with people on the ground and with a variety of different angles it sucks it is it is definitely like a product of the sort of the atmosphere in Europe right now it's a very tense time uh and it's terrible that it's kind of bleeding into this tournament, and it's affecting, it's affecting everybody's lives over there. But we're here to talk about the football, so uh, I want to start off with a, a couple questions for you guys. Let's talk first about standout players, all right? Um, mm. only been one week. Not a lot of sample size yet, but I think we've already got some heroes, so I want to start with Micah.
2: Micah, who is your standout player Dimitri so Payet. I didn't even let you finish the sentence because it's that good. Um... I think that, well, I wrote something about Dimitri Payet. And this is the I creative think,
0: midfielder for France, in case exactly.
2: missed it, yeah? And I started it basically writing the first paragraph in all caps and had to base, backspace it like seven times. It was mostly exclamation points and expletives. But through two games, he's created 14 chances, eight of those coming in the first game against Romania, uh, during which, well, at the death, actually slammed a shot from, I don't know, like 20 yards. Goal of the tournament, right? Straight into the up... Yes. That and Modric's... Gareth McCauley header. I don't know why it's so funny. It is. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and then did it again uh, when they were playing Albania, when the match was getting, like, really tight down the end. Uh, Griezmann... Uh, put in the go ahead goal sneaking around being five foot nine and winning headers in the box, but then uh Pius stuck one in the right corner to seal it. And arguably the best thing about it was the goal celebration. Because yeah. tears. I mean like the well no the first the first goal against Romania oh, that was, was tears. tears. Yeah. Yeah. And you know like he'd been just I guess what was it? Almost ten years well almost eleven years prior he was an amateur in nods folding sweaters. Yeah, I mean, working in a retail store. So let's talk a little bit about Payet because he is a guy who is instrumental for West Ham in
0: Premier League this mm-hmm. year, uh, Premier League play this year, but is sort of a late bloomer, right? Yes, and and, and is one of those. I mean, do you, Ryan, do you have any insight as to why Payet hasn't caught on in as like a what what what's with the late in life or late in playing life explosion for him?
1: I don't know because I don't know. France does not seem to me like a place where they can't identify young players that are or good players at a young age in other words it's not the united states right. or, or england <laughs> um i if i had to give a theory i don't he's sort of like a little chunky and not super athletic so maybe that you know it's turn teams off
0: i guess it also there's there's it, that position goes in and out of style the pure yeah. number 10 not can't lead the line but can't really play in the center of the park and deal with the amount of physicality that usually happens there. I mean, I think sometimes those guys, it's like the Ozil position gets cycled in and out of fashion. I mean, that's just a guess, though. Sometimes things just just happen.
2: Yeah, that's very true. But, I mean, like, I think it was uh, Bill, Bill Barnwell, like, had this tweet, I think, uh, before the first game, where he was like, how did every major club in England miss on Riyad Mahrez, Dimitri Payet, and uh go conte. Yeah. Which is just mind blowing when you think about it.
0: Is yeah, a... it's it's it is it is weird. I mean, this is yeah. the kind of thing that, that Arsenal used to be experts at finding French talent that yeah. were bargains and turning yeah. them into and this is how Henry. reacts. So maybe I'm completely wrong because those guys are all
1: French or have were grew up in France. Yeah. yeah. So.
0: Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh Ryan, who's your standout player of the tournament uh, so far?
1: It's the Polish Brian McBride. Arcadish
0: <laughs> Arcadiah.
1: Milik, so that's um, your new nickname <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not actually him but he missed a header from how many yards away today against germany like, like negative s- one he's yeah. like like, the
0: goal fine <laughs> bent, <his laughs> <now. laughs> bent
1: to like a 90 degree angle yeah. and just had a really rough day and I
0: sometimes like, it's the misses that make you realize how hard soccer is yeah because i i will try and say this to like friends of mine who are casual fans or if my like wife comes in and she's just like what why are you freaking out and I'm like, do you understand the timing that it would take to do yeah. a volley? Like, that's insane that somebody yeah. could do a volley.
2: Yeah. And I mean... At and s- even the misses, too. You yeah. Know? There was, like, that... Well, the really bad one was Blasikowski hit him just outside of the six-yard box, and he swung... Like, he swung on a half volley and whiffed it. Like, yeah. long day at the office.
1: I, I, I feel kind of... I just wanted to mention him, because I kind of I feel bad for him. He's at least getting in those positions, right? Which, yeah. there's some skill to that, sure. maybe, but the... Re- Real player of the tournament for me so far is Gareth Bale. Um, Um,
0: Another person you wrote about this week,
1: yeah. um, And weirdly, he's scored two ridiculous free kicks, um, both of which commentators sort of um, call out the goalies for not being ready for these free kicks. But the ball sort of moves like a paper bag flying in the air, but it's (laughs) like as heavy as a brick. So like trying to get in the way of that is just sort of impossible. Mm -hmm. And I think like. As an individual, he's had the most impact on his team because those two free kicks were sort of outside of both those games. Wells was dominated by England. I think Slovakia probably outplayed them, had more chances. And without those two goals, Wells is probably eliminated already, I yeah. would say. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe not. but. You know He's not doing the stuff we see him do with Real Madrid where he's getting on the ball and running at the defense. He's more just running around like a humongous chicken with his head cut off and just trying to make shit happen. And at the end of the game, I forget who played the ball, but it was like a 60-yard ball. And Bale isn't even on the screen, and he just comes in out of nowhere, jumps and wins a header, and almost ties the game right at the end. Yeah, Bale's
0: role on Wales is interesting because we think of the— the freelance role that some of the top players and club teams have. So it's like, oh, you can drift inside if you Mm -hmm. want. You can do this. But those are the luxury guys. Bale also is tracking back primarily, like one of the primary playmakers is also probably the most defended like they they're keying on mail, mm-hmm. so he's probably got at least one if not two guys following him around the field it's got to be exhausting but he's really actually i mean he's being ridiculous he had a great quote ryan you pointed out to me that he <laughs> plays for the shirt and the dragon
1: so good yeah Ugh. so
0: i mean he's really getting into the spirit of things it's kind of nice um my best player of the tournament so far is tony cruz's brother who suggested today or the other day to the Daily Mail or in the Daily Mail it was reported that he said that if Juventus and Real Madrid want to do a swap for Paul Pogba and Tony Cruz, it'll be Pogba plus 90-some million euros. (laughs) So he is valuing his brother in the 200-million-euro range. In all reality, though, uh, Cruz had an incredible game uh, in a 0-0 draw today. Mm -hmm. But he is just such a beautiful player to watch. And I love a midfielder who plays from... From box to box, who can do stuff in every part of the pitch, and who can act as like a metronome and act as like a guy who like starts the play, turns play over, but also can crash in at the end of uh, at the end of goal uh, possible goal scoring opportunities.
1: Yeah, you, Micah, mentioned it today that Cruz had played like seventeen different roles across uh, yeah, the course I of the said polling that game.
2: For <laughs> I said that Tony Cruz was a different player every five minutes. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty incredible yeah. to
0: watch him. So let's talk about some of the teams. Uh, who, Micah, for you, is the most
2: disappointing team of the tournament? The most disappointing team of the tournament so far, I would have to say, is Belgium. Yes. Uh, one, because I haven't the faintest clue what Will Motz is doing. Yeah, Will Motz is the, the coach. Was he, was, has he ever
0: done any club work anywhere?
1: Mm, uh, not sure.
2: You guys go ahead and chat about that. I'm going to look I, it up. I mean, like, okay, so first of all, there was this team that was ranked first in the world. Between the oct- between the months of October and April, and came into this tournament as like favorites to win it, and looked plum awful against Italy in their okay, first okay. game. Uh, and I think I think my favorite. Like okay, so Wilmots. after the game, Mark Wilmots. um, d- just to show you the cognitive dissonance of Mark Wilmots. <laughs> talks about killing wilmot here. <laughs> He used to manage Schalke, by the way. He was talking about, okay, this, well, number one, he singled out Kevin De Bruyne, who's a, a winger, if, um and he said that he was tired. He said, exactly, um, maybe the kid's cu- tired after a busy season. And then not half a beat later says, now is not the time to criticize individuals. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, we should also point out that Wilmot's got his pants pulled down by Conte. Very true.
0: Yeah, that that he went up against the best manager in the tournament. Yeah. and got destroyed. Wh-
1: which is is fine because there aren't really many good managers managing. That's national not a good teams. reason. But like, know <laughs> But you could conceivably maybe feel bad for him. But he's like not back down. He after the game he was like adamant that this wasn't about tactics. Yeah, it was just about a mistake his defenders made. But then I think he also said again, it's like I don't want to blame my players, even though yeah. he just directly did that. And then. The next day, he said that Italy didn't deserve as much credit as everyone was giving them because Conte can just play the three Juventus center backs together, and his job is done, which is kind of ridiculous. Because Conte, yeah, yeah, exactly. Conte was the one who made that threesome what it was. Right. And then, two Wilmots has the two center backs from Tottenham, which was the best defense in the Premier League this year, and he didn't play them together. But they're tired, Ryan.
0: This, this Here's the true. thing: is that I, 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 it's worth mentioning. Here, we're going to talk about Italy in a second. I guess we can we can turn this over into our Italy conversation because I think pretty much all of us think that Italy is well, the best team. Me and so Mike far. Could definitely think Italy is the best team we've seen so far. My favorite moment of this tournament might be. Uh, the vine of Conte losing his mind when Lukaku got set free on a through ball. And there's just a vine of Conte. I think his nose is bleeding and he's screaming, I will kill you. I will kill you. Yeah. Chiellini yeah. and Benucci and yeah. Buffon. How's so, that for motivation? Yeah. Eat your heart out, Bob Knight. Um, okay, so we're going to talk about
1: Italy in a second. Ryan, do you have a disappointing team you want to talk about? Uh, France is my disappointing team. Um, despite six points through two games, I, I, I know it's, it's all about getting the wins but the way they've gotten them hasn't really been that convincing i i sort of have an idea or a theory that it's not really a theory but it's just something i'm about to say (laughs) Um, it's a theory sure Uh, the fact that i agree that paia has been the best player on france but i feel like if that is the case something is going wrong with france because he's phenomenal but they the team is so good they have a couple people that i think should be contributing more than him i the first game was not great ukraine had a Ton of chances in the second game. uh, Didier Deschamps benched Pogba, Paul Pogba, and And Antoine Griezmann. Yeah, most likely the two best players on France, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Not to be reductionist, benching your two best
2: players is not usually a good strategy, or Um, is it? (laughs) They did win, it was you, they won two I mean, like, well, okay, so I don't know. I mean, like, the Griezmann thing, I've like, I kind of always expected him to be rotated out of the lineup because he'd been playing up until May 28th. Sure. But the Pogba thing... Well, the
1: Pogba thing, he, he, so he subs Pogba on at halftime, which, one, if you're a soccer player and you get subbed out at halftime, there's, you like, might as well a guy him. standing there, and he gives you all the papers to, like, file to retire, and you have to like, just it <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> and, two, it's like, it was just a blatant... No- admission that he should have started. Bomber, that is actually right? one, of yeah. my,
0: one of my favorite Jose Mourinho... Moves is when he like subs a dude after 20 minutes. Like, have you ever seen him do that to like a defender where Did he's it is like,
1: Nope? Wasn't there a game last season with Nemanja Matic where he subbed Matic in in the second half and then subbed him out? <laughs> yeah. Sub for a sub. <laughs> That's the I ultimate. love a sub for a sub. <laughs> Super efficient. Yeah.
2: Oh,
0: man. Um, okay, so you think France has been disappointing. um I don't know if you know, like, who's my disappointing team would probably, I agree with Micah that Belgium's been pretty disappointing. I think that England gets a disproportionate. Portion amount of media attention, especially from like you know English speaking Western countries, so it, there's a lot of scrutiny on them. And I suppose you could say that, given that they were sort of turning it over to this younger generation, and they looked like they had a lot of talent going into this, that it's been a disappointing tournament. Even though they're probably going to win their group, I think. But I do want to say that you know um, I think that they they have like a lot of potential. We'll talk more about England in a little bit. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the best team of the tournament. So we've talked about the disappointing teams. Michael, why don't you get us started talking about Italy because I know that you were very impressed with the the jury.
2: First of all, they scored, I think it was uh I can't remember who it was, but they got on board first in the 32nd minute. Yeah, it was uh, uh, Zaccarini, were, Sunderland Zaccarini, Zaccarini. yeah. <laughs> um in the 32nd minute and then sat in and like just repelled everything yeah. for the net until the very end where uh Pellè Graziano Pellè, yeah. Pele. Uh, Pele. Sealed the game. <laughs> <laughs> sealed the game to make it 2-0, and it was like vintage Italy yeah. 2006. It's
0: something very, very cool when you see a country play like the platonic ideal game of yeah. their country. Yeah, And this Italy team is actually so far pretty likable. I think in the past they've had guys like Matarazzi, and you're just like, man, <laughs> screw this. I can't get behind this. <laughs> but this has been, I mean, that Zaccarini goal was set up with a Bonucci pass that, you see like maybe once every couple of years. Yeah. Like center backs who can make a pass like that. It's yeah, just it was a incredible. religious
1: experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who's been your best team in the tournament so far? So far I'd go with Spain. Um, I think if I had... This to... is a
0: kind of controversial pick. But yeah. But it's I, not.
1: It's, I, to, it, I, it's, there's it, a weird like dissonance with Spain. It's like I Spain think. is
0: like we're not even... It's like this is like Duke. It's like we're not even talking <laughs> about them until the Sweet
1: 16. Exactly. And it's like the last time we saw them... Um, at a major competition, they were just, like, getting covered in gasoline by Louis van Hall yes. and Robin van Persie. Um, and it's hard to get that out of your head. But, like, Spain has won the last two European championships, and they won the World Cup in between. And Spanish teams pretty much win the Champions League every season. Yeah. Um, so the the spain czech Republic game was sort of, like, Spain in a nutshell, in the sense that they dominated possession. They possession, had possession, possession. a thousand chances, and they didn't score until the last five ten minutes yeah. and it's Gerard Piquet their center back heading the ball in which is like an, such an anti-Spain way to score
2: off of a beautiful um, cross from Iniesta <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly
1: Iniesta who played out of his mind and yeah. you know I sort of we've talked a little bit last time about the new generation of Spanish players and mm. he's not one of those and he's proven why he's on the team with that game but how old is Iniesta Thirties. is he younger how much younger than Xavi is he he, his hairline is much older than Johnny's. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I can tell you. 32. Um, 32. Okay. okay. Yeah. but it's it's sort of like there's a, when you watch Spain, it's sort of like,, uh, if this team was just a little more forward thinking, it's like, wouldn't they just score six goals a game and win every game? But I think part of it is that's a reasonable thing to say, but also the possession they play as a defensive tactic. Czech Republic had one chance basically at the end of the game and when Spain is passing the ball around, um, the other team can't do anything it's with it. It's important
0: to know, I mean you guys have actually played the game at at various levels uh, that tournament soccer is 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 a different beast than club soccer and that these guys have plans that are stretched out over the for the entire month here and mm-hmm. that in a lot of ways like you're really trying to get through this group stage with no injuries. Nobody getting too taxed, mm-hmm. playing good solid. You want to be playing your best football at the end of the tournament, right? You yeah. want to be peaking. I and mean, we've seen before, and this leads us to us next, to our next question about what team do you think might betray early promise? Because we've seen before where teams come out of the gates really, really fast, and they like they're playing their best football, and you're like, oh my god, like I can't believe how good Italy looks. I mean, like we've talking yeah. about Italy, but a team, what do you see, Micah, as a team that might betray their early promise? I actually think that Italy will
2: be oh. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> And this is not necessarily because of anything that Italy's done wrong, per se. This is just my own personal mistrust of the future.
1: <laughs> or, so explain that. What do you yeah. mean by that?
2: I just feel like the other shoe has to drop at some point. Right. It's because coming into the tournament... Uh, There was a lot of criticism about the team that Conte picked and how it was going to be unimaginative and very boring and stagnant and everything else. And we kind of all had to eat our hats after the first game. But, I mean, there's still time to mess that up. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's it's a long tournament and you do want to be playing your best soccer at the end, but that requires an upward gradient. And I don't know that that's going to happen. So let me ask you this.
0: Do you really need a plan B if there's not, because I don't really know what you do to beat Italy other than get lucky because mm-hmm. they have a really great defense. they Everybody seems to know their role. Conte's got them all sort of rowing in the same direction. Assuming all those things keep moving forward, they don't have like a, oh, if you take Pirlo out, if you if you take Pirlo out of the game, if you take shot like the way that you would for Spain, you might focus on like the Xavi and he has to access a couple years ago. Maybe if you were playing Germany now, you would put a guy and you would just be like X out Caruso and like their whole offense fall. For, First Italy, I don't really know, like, isn't maybe he's figured out something here where it's like, this is this is tournament winning football. I've got them playing. They they are a massive defense that like grabs goals at
2: opportune times. Yeah, I think it's just like, you know, I envy that confidence because I mean, yeah, that like for the foreseeable future, I can't really see Italy not winning the tournament after, you know, watching them play. Right. But at the same time, all other tournaments suggest that this is all, not sustainable, exactly. right? Exactly. Like, yeah, well, it's like
1: the, my I agree with Italy as the team that's sort of going to fall off just just because you know we talked about how terrible Belgium was, but they still had a decent amount of chances. Lukaku had a breakaway that he probably scores more times than he doesn't, and you know I think this it's super impressive that Italy has this very. Rigid and like well-drilled team-wide philosophy to have that in a national team is very impressive, but I feel like it's the strategy is sort of like like they scored on a long ball from Benucci and then they scored because Belgium was counter attack, was mm-hmm. attacking was mm-hmm. attacking so much at the end, mm-hmm. so it's like I feel like that strategy sort of leaves you open to getting upset a lot because like what what's going to happen with Italy when they go behind a goal, like how do they they. Are they going to play the same defensive packed-in style that Bucci counters? she
0: unzips his own <laughs> flesh, and Palatelli comes out, and then hits a thirty-five-yard yeah. scorcher, yeah. Yeah. And, then, and then gives double birds to everybody in the stadium. Yeah, and walks out, <laughs> and walks out, and death punk starts playing. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. Did you? Read I'm salt. Um, all right. Well, let's duly noted. I guess I, I would say that uh, Hungary is a team I don't imagine has the talent to really go that far in the tournament, despite going, you know, they have three points after one game. Um, let's see what else we can talk about here. I want to see about teams that you feel like are having early problems, early adversity that will and that you feel like they still have the capacity to overcome that adversity to, to get better over the course of the tournament. Uh if you don't mind, I'm gonna jump in first and answer my own question here. Cause I really mm-hmm. want to get go this. I it. want to get the tactics heads here. <laughs> I feel like Roy Hodgson should go 4-1-5 and start all his strikers. Discuss. We go oh back four, Dyer, and then go Rashford. Sturridge, Vardy,
2: <laughs> Rooney, Kane, front line. I wholly support this batshit insane idea because earlier in the in the game against Wales, um, they were down one zero, and I mean, there was no reason to believe that after half. That Roy Hodgson would be able to fix the glaring tactical errors that he had in 15 minutes, yeah. but did it by literally summing on <laughs> every striker that he had in the stables. <laughs> he also threw away
0: like five million pounds for Harry Kane. He probably yeah. had like all tied up yeah. in incentives to like for sponsorships to be yeah. the king
1: of England. And now it's just like, nah, dog. We, sh- we uh. should make it clear that this is the same tactical <laughs> strategy you used in FIFA 2014 yes. to yes. win the Champions League with uh <laughs> fc basel <With laughs> the yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 look
0: i mean it takes bravery it's you gotta have bravery man if dyer's so good let's yeah, see him be yeah, good. Yeah, i like- agree <laughs> everyone's
1: talking him up let's see it
0: yeah uh no i i think that uh england has this i do think that the fact that they brought five strikers which is just very controversial controversial back in england is a very interesting like you they all bring, like, different qualities, you know, and the Rooney thing, Rooney playing on the forward line is always something that you can, they can have happen, and yeah. it would just change the game a little bit. Uh, okay, so a team that has faced early adversity, like England, uh, that you think might get better over the course of the next couple of weeks? I mean, sure, England, but also Wales.
1: Oh, Um, so you
2: still still believe in dragons? I still believe in dragons. Okay.
1: Ashley Williams had
2: (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) Putting that aside. (laughs) Um, I think that there was a lot of, well, I mean, there was obviously a lot of talk about it being a one-man team because Gareth Bale is literally the most expensive man in football in history. Um and he has been like you know the wrecking ball the one man bludgeon the what was the thing that you said in your article because it was really good the golden tip of a driftwood spear I did yes <laughs> a lot of driftwood and Wales that was really good <laughs> um but uh, in the first game against who was it oh yeah Slovakia Wales uh, Bale did score the opener but it was. Um, who scored the winner? It Hal
1: Robson. Hal yeah. yeah, exactly. On the task. Yeah, not dude. even on a team. <laughs>
2: he's not even he, on he's the He's on team. the same team as what? us. Three agents <laughs> FC. Wait, <laughs> he's not how even... often does
0: that happen? I mean, I'm sure there's like an Albanian dude who probably doesn't. I mean, those guys must play in Albania, right? Well, it's more
1: just like his contract, contract know, ran out. I know, but I like the I idea. He, it's, yeah, the first... He can't even sure can run out even for the striker. Columbus crew or something? <laughs> <laughs> Just, um, kidding, <laughs> Just kidding, MLS. Just kidding.
2: Yeah, and Joel Allen was a man of that match. Yeah. Um, Joe Allen so, is
0: actually the Welsh Messi, in case anybody doesn't know this. <laughs> for Liverpool. Yeah, he actually
1: is Messi. Yeah. seen.
2: <laughs> so, I think that if you have a team of players that has a golden tip of the spear in Gareth Bale and has like that unity of intent to where everybody buys in, I feel like you can make at least make a run of it in the late rounds. They're going to advance the round of 16. Here's my only counterpoint to that. Portugal. <laughs> yes, <laughs>
1: but what if? Here's my only counterpoint to that. Portugal for the last 8 to 10 years. <laughs> the thing I would say about Wells is that Aaron Ramsey's hair, he looked like a complete dumbass when he first <laughs> bleached it. And it's sort of grown out a little bit. And, like, I think the barber that Jason Concepcion talked oh, yeah. to for his piece about the best or worse hair at the tournament, said that it would start to look better as it grew in. And it did, so I, you can't discount that. Well, no. you guys have convinced me. Aaron <laughs> Ramsey's
0: hair looks cool, and Gareth Bale is good, so Wales is going to get more. <laughs> Ryan, who's the team
1: you think might, might overcome adversity? Uh, I'm going to say Portugal, despite what you just said.
2: Mm. I think like, you're wrong. Like
1: what evidence do you have for that? Evidence I have is that... And don't hit me with some stat the stat is that they could have they probably should have scored like 7 goals against Iceland and they had one defensive screw up which with pepe on the team i think is a guarantee to happen at least once a game so you can't you know discount that but i think if they play that game with the same chances every game they win 80 out of 100 times um also that guy doesn't finish that whatever whoever he was the i forget his name they called him the Thor of Iceland or the The Thor of soccer? Yeah. Yeah. Brian McBride of Iceland. Uh, (laughs) um, You know, I I think on the whole, Portugal played well, and we sort of look at them as this team of like Jokers and then Ronaldo that are always going to fall on their face, and that's what happened. But I think that game they did play reasonably well, they had a ton of chances. Nani played well which is really weird and disturbing even I think I might say upsetting um, if yeah, you're a BHS, certainly. You um, and they have Ronaldo so you know that was my Portugal take last week Ronaldo and I think it still is okay players win tournaments I hear it Let's just loosen it up a little bit. Is there anything you guys
0: have seen? What's the, like, this is, and you guys weren't really you know prepared for this necessarily, but, like, what is the lesson you've learned so far? I mean, is there anything, whether it's a tactical thing, whether it's about being patient as a country and a national side, whether it's, I mean, what, what do you think is, like, something you're taking away from this first week?
2: Hmm. I think that we were maybe talking about this the other day. When you have those teams that are like one superstar teams mm-hmm. are getting kind of shown up by Sweden, these, yeah, Portugal these smaller teams right. that are that like like I was saying before about Unity of Tent just have all bought in and like are
0: Yeah. I mean that Republic of Ireland team beat or was beating sweden until the end of the game and they they were definitely like that was an example of the best player by 15 miles was on sweden yeah but ireland just had their shit together
1: northern ireland could still top their group yeah yeah which is nuts should we give some respect to northern ireland after last week we said that they're the the four of us would beat them with no one else in the field (laughs) you said that I did say that. And I still Michael believe it. Wasn't even working I here. still I don't believe it. Don't involve
2: <laughs> me. I had nothing to do with this. I Michael still wants believe to it. Be able
0: to go to <laughs> go to Belfast one day.
1: I think it means that Mike and I could beat Ukraine by ourselves. Really? <laughs> <Yeah. that. laughs>
0: Two <out> of eleven. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that 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 this unity of intent, that this this collective spirit can can beat back individual performance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What
2: about
1: you? I think my main takeaway would be that although germany did not play that well today i almost feel like just a sort of nothing game like that is kind of part of their strategy of just moving along getting through the tournament i think to me germany and spain look like the two most settled teams and that's it shouldn't be surprising because they're the two dominant nations of the past 10 years but coming into every tournament we sort of get excited by all the new faces and we should have gotten excited by France and they still have a a chance to win and other teams do too. But I think Germany and Spain to me still seem like the two teams that like they know what they're doing compared to everyone else. Yeah. Mm.
0: I think that that's right. I think that this has been, I think sometimes like there's more, there are tournaments where you see Teams come out of uh, out of the traps and just have like really really strong opening mm-hmm. matches, but for the most part, this first week is rep- like almost replicated what's usually like the second round of games, where it's like much more cagey, mm-hmm. much more. I think everybody knows that as long as you don't have a disastrous first two games you have a very high likelihood of going through yeah. and so i think that's why you've seen it get so con- be so conservative it's in that second and third game that hopefully things will open up people will take more chances roy hodge will fulfill his destiny and play five strikers <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week probably next wednesday to talk more about the euros until then for ryan o'hanlon and michael peters i'm chris ryan thanks for listening